one spouse might feel like since they don't have money, the other spouse is using the money to take control of them. Those are two things that are pretty toxic. Isolation or feeling not on the same team. So when you have separate finances, I think it also leads to your team A and I'm team B. You don't have that cohesiveness. But when there's no assets together and maybe one couple is at home taking care of the kids and doesn't make money and their bank account isn't growing, they can feel like at any time they can be thrown off to the side and they're disposable. So those are some big reasons psychologically why it's important to combine your money to some level. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, Wealth Manager Lee Michael Murphy, and I am happy to report we have found our attorney, Matthew McElroy. He was lost, but Serge and I scoured the streets, and he's back on the podcast. We could not be happier. Right, Serge? What's up, everyone? What's up, Matt? Come back. Yep. So I'm alongside attorney Matt McElroy and interview coach Sergio Patterson. And tonight we really need to get Matt on this episode because we're talking about the financial issues that lead to couples separating and how to avoid them. So I feel like Matt has some great insight in this and Sergio and myself, we all have our stories to start it off. Guys, we're going to be a little bit vulnerable here. Biggest financial quarrel that regularly comes up. So Think about what you guys might bicker about with your significant other when it comes to money. I'll go first. Biggest one for me is a vacation money. As you guys know, I can be a little stingy with the fun money and vacation. And Victoria thinks we need to take a vacation every month. So I'm trying to space out these vacations and uh, she just keeps pushing for them. And I think that's probably our, our biggest one that um, you know she wants to spend money on vacations and I probably the anti-vacation guy, but we compromise. We find something in the middle and we generally end up taking a vacation like every six months or so, but she's pushing hard for those. And I am the wall that prevents fun. For us, I would say the latest one is the buying the kids stuff. I feel like they have so much stuff. <laughs> like I'm talking <laughs> like toys on top of toys on toys. Like they don't need any more toys. Are you the proponent of toy or, or she's the proponent and you're like, no, we don't need any more toys. Oh, yeah. I'm the one saying she's finding lots of excuses to use the Amazon. But didn't you install a thousand dollar like play facility in the backyard or something like that? I think it was more what? than a thousand thousands bucks. on thousands of dollars. <laughs> this state of the art, like playground and jungle gym and all that stuff. Yeah. That's still fun, but it's pretty cool. That, outside, that has really. an R that has an ROI though. Toys are a waste of money. They play with them for a little bit. They get tired of it, and then they want a new one. Especially at this age, they they move on within a couple of days to new toys and whatnot. So I feel like, like Sergio said, more things with ROI on them: playgrounds, right. some nature uh, walks. Sir, what's your thing that, that you and Kim put good, on the box? Good thing Kimberly, she doesn't listen to this podcast at all. So I uh, then just let it fly. Say whatever. Yeah, say whatever you I think want. We're all safe just there. say it, buddy. <laughs> I think we're all but safe. I think the there's like a lot of things we. It's not like big arguments but like i do question the amount of walmart amazon target mobile orders that are happening every single day always has a mobile order at target always like of okay. something and i'm like well what is it and i'm if i really looked at it i'd probably be shocked to see what we're spending and supposedly it's everything we need 
but I'm still not, I haven't got to the bottom of it. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I think for us also, the Amazon packages are showing up every day. And I'm always like, why are we getting another Amazon package? <laughs> not too much drama, I guess, in our lives. But for today's episode, we're going to go over the four main reasons why couples separate regarding their finances. But uh, let's start off with another quiz or a quiz question. Couples that have combined finances, do you guys think they're more likely to stay together or separate? Let's start with Maddie first. What do you think? <laughs> I don't even think it really matters whether they're combined or not. I think it's just the line of communication that's between them about it. Okay, you so know, Maddie's saying it doesn't matter. The form of how they do it, it's more like a substance over form, right? If they're communicating and completely transparent, it doesn't matter whether it's combined or not. I think that's the key issue there is the communication and transparency. Okay, okay. Serge, what is your answer? I think that's fair. My answer is more likely to get divorced if it's not joint or if it's not together because I do have friends who have completely separate accounts and don't share any to matt's point are not transparent at all and that's going downhill very quick i would say it's important to be transparent to matt's point and uh, just do it together it's one thing all right so the winner is sergio sergio wins ding, 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 ding. well no so, i'm assuming that the separate you change your answer the, the now. spouse has access to all of them as well like they can see them right he's being transparency he's being a lawyer right now he's just being a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> So couples that pool their money are more likely to stay together. This is from Emily Garbinski, Associate Professor of Marketing and Management at Cornell. She finds that couples that their finances are more likely to break up. So just something to be aware of. And if you're and we're talking about like completely separate, like some couples have completely separate finances. Those ones are they're just a little bit more exposed to the risk of breaking up. It's pretty common um, too. Like I know a lot of people are just, oh, this is my money. That's his money. It's really weird. My yeah. Opinion. So going on that topic of why they break up, what would you guys think the reason would be behind why people break up if they keep it separated? Bad money decisions. Bad I think it's decisions. that lack of transparency that Matt was talking about. There's probably like big expenditure, like big spending happening without people. And then they find out. Mm -hmm. That something happened and then it's, wait, you did what? Because you're putting all your trust in one to, to manage the money and then you find out they've screwed up. It's, it's obviously going to cause a problem. So what I wrote down is I wrote down four things that I've seen that the feelings that people experience when they're separate finances is from the sample set of doing my job. So common thing that I see from you know spouses when they're separate, one spouse can feel very scared, right? And generally it's the one that stays at home that maybe doesn't have a job, maybe takes care of the kids. So I've seen as being a factor in that hurts a relationship. Another thing that I've seen is the use of money by control. So one spouse might feel like since they don't have money, the other spouse is using the money to take control of them. Those are two things that are pretty toxic. It happens a lot. I can tell you that. Isolation or feeling not on the same team. So when you have separate finances, I think it also leads to your team A and I'm team B. You don't have that cohesiveness. And then the other thing that I've seen very common is the feeling of being dis So when there's no assets together and maybe one couple is at home taking care of the kids and doesn't make money and their bank account isn't growing, they can feel like at any time they can be thrown off to the side and they're disposable. 
So those are some big reasons psychologically why it's important to combine your money to some level. So you guys have any other ones besides those ones? No, I think it's all what like the partner is willing to accept, right? Because it's like in the situations that you're using these examples, that spouse has to be okay with not having access to those other accounts and knowing what's going on in the whole financial landscape. I don't know too many uh, husbands or wives that would be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> what's funny for us is I'm like the primary income source, right? He's always been the one to handle most of our finances. So it's interesting because I'm like, the money goes in, but then it's just paying stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, it's getting paid. Everything's getting paid. And it's like this well oil machine now, but I couldn't imagine doing all this on my own and not having like the partner, like a part of that process. But I can relate to what he's saying. I, taking care of some of the bills and stuff. It's nice. You know, that yeah. teamwork is good. Flip side. We have friends who will like message Venmo Kimberly money to stash money to pay for something that sh that person doesn't want their spouse to know about. Oh, dang. So for <laughs> me, I'm like, ding, ding. They're getting divorced very soon. I'm not going to name who it is, but I hope they're not listening. <laughs> but uh, that's the flip side of it. And that happens all the time. A little stat, married couple, uh, they generally have more wealth than people that are single. What do you guys think the amount of wealth, how many times more wealth would you guess a married couple has over single people? Couldn't be less, it couldn't be less than 2x, right? Yeah. It's probably so think less it's than 2x? No, I think it's three and a half. Three and a half. That's very specific, but right. <laughs> I don't know. 4x. Oh, really? Four, yeah, married couple has 4x more wealth than single people. So if you're starting out and maybe you don't have the wealth you want, Maybe get married. I don't know what that stat means, but that's just what the data says. So there's a little nugget there. If you're not married yet, but thinking about it, you might get more wealth. So let's go on to our four areas where people get divorced over finances. So the first one is a lack of communication. And this comes down to expectations of finances, goals, right? A lot of couples don't have goals about what they want to do with their money. And so they could feel like they're not going anywhere and not doing the right things. Um, but what do you guys think about that one? Lack of communication. Have you seen that? Uh, have you experienced it yourself? Yeah, no, of course. Some couples don't even have those talks or even care about investing or any future goals. It's kind of just because some people are just check the check. So they don't even have that opportunity to have those discussions. It's kind of just making ends meet. It's, uh, but it's definitely something that people should be talking about. Absolutely. Trying to think back to, because we're all married. Like I've been married 11 years. When I was single or just dating, yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't tell people shit. Like you're just doing your own thing. And I think some people who get married, they just continue that living that same way. That's what I see as the problem. They forget to, to pivot. I will say this on the lack of communication. One thing that I do see doing my job is some couples, it's just awkward talking about money, even though they come in and we have meetings about money, it just brings up instant fights. So one suggestion I would have is if you're a couple out there and you feel like money is a pain point or like when you guys talk about it, it just goes south because that is really common. Get a mediator involved, like a financial advisor. That can really help if you find the right financial professional that's willing to kind of deal with a more tense situation involving money or if you guys have bicker about it or couples bicker, bring in a mediator that will help clear up the communication and bring you guys, get you guys on the same page. I think that's really important. Number two reason why people split We've talked about this before. 
financial infidelity. So this one is a big one. If you're looking to get divorced outside of cheating, I think this one is at the top of the list. This actually probably is, well, statistically, this is why more people get divorced. It's actually financial infidelity. So according to a recent survey by TD, 32% of Americans said that they are keeping a financial secret from their partner. So guys, does anyone want to admit what their financial secret is? Crypto investments. <laughs> Where are the crypto investments? They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> and they're gone. <laughs> But yeah, so financial fidelity is a big one. In one poll from the National Endowment Association, they found that 43% of adults have confessed to committing some form of financial deception. All right, so not good. And quiz question, out of men or women, who was found most likely to commit acts of financial deception? That's easy. I mean, come on. That's pretty easy. Are we surprised? Men or women? It's got to be men unless it's like a surprise answer or something. Oh, wow. Well, you think so, Matt? I I, I mean, I thought there was a more obvious answer, but I don't know. (laughs) All right, Matt's going women. Matt's going women. All right. Serge, are you saying men are more likely financial deception? Maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know. I'll stick with my gut. All right. That's (laughs) that's the answer. Men were more likely than women to be found of such actions of financial deception. So interesting. Uh, right. Hitting credit cards and bank. That that was one of the common reasons. And so solution, you know, try to be honest. You know, try to be honest about your hidden credit card, your bank account. Don't hide it. Thoughts on this one, guys? It's just dangerous. It's just not worth the... It, they're going to find out. They're going to find out eventually. <laughs> so th- here's some advice for the listeners on these. In terms of if you think that maybe your spouse has a hidden bank account or credit card, the thing you can do is say, hey, hon. So a lot of times we need to run credit reports, right, for a new car, a home. You want to know these things ahead of time if you're gonna if you're going down that path. So conversation you can have to give your partner an out, say, Hey, we're going to be doing a credit report pretty soon. Do I have any bank accounts or credit cards that I should know about? Give them a little <laughs> bit of an out if you feel like you might be in that relationship and let them come. How horrible clean. is it if you have to approach it like that? <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's, so- a, that's like the prenup thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I need you to sign right. this before we. <laughs> You're really tiptoeing there pretty hard. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what's worse. I mean, when they run the report and it's actually what's all this shit, or hey, <laughs> this is gonna be happening. Anything you want to divulge, like your attorney, be honest. Don't try to hide stuff like that because it will eventually pop up. And then you're going to have to a lot of explaining, a lot of explaining. Number three, spouses or couples that live beyond their means. I think we all can think about this couple that's their IG game is fantastic. They got pictures of Barcelona, all the trips, the fancy, all the fancy stuff. But really, they're spending like crazy. So couples living beyond their means, spending too much. You guys notice anything? And the friendships that you have or relationships you've seen where people spend too much. I know one couple who's guys are real estate. I, I think they're doing really well, but if it all crumbles, I think they're going to be in a very bad position. Cause I think they're living on credit is my guess. So they're very like into material things. I think that's like another problem. I don't know if it's on your list, but like 
kind of very materialistic, like the Louis Vuittons of the world would be a problem. Yep. So yeah, the solution there, make sure you guys have a budget. All couples should have some sort of budget when it comes to their spending. Try to live by that 50, 30, 20. Now you guys don't like it, but it's a good, it's a good start. Maybe you don't have to follow it to the law. But try to get something close. Try to get something formulated where you're saving and investing on a regular basis. And then the last one, different spending priorities. You don't need to agree on everything you spend, but make sure you keep everything when you're spending money. Make sure your priorities are aligned, right? So whether it's spending money for the kids, making sure you're saving up towards getting a house, try to be aligned. Because the common thing that we see is, you know, the big goals aren't aligned. So one couple might say like, all right, I really want to get us into a home. That's what's most important. And then spouse B is like, all right, well, I want a new car. And I've wanted this new car for the last three years. Try to get on the same page. But you guys, any thoughts on that one? Lee, how do you decide who's right and who's wrong though? That's a really good question. One thing that I've seen that really works though is, or it kind of lessens the arguments, is making sure you guys have money that's your money, like A, spouse B, or couple A or couple B, you have an account that's for you, and then have a joint account. I think that works really well too. And then for that joint account, you got to make sure like you just come to agreement of what, how that money's being spent. You both have to agree on it. So one thing that we've seen on the financial advisor world is that couples will fight over every single thing. They have everything combined. So I think a lot of people think, oh, combine everything and that's the best way to go. I actually have a different opinion. I don't think couples should combine everything because when they combine everything, they fight over every dang thing. Like we're never going to agree on all the money we spend, but we shouldn't have to. Like Sergio wants to buy something. The combined money, the combined account, there should be, if you budget correctly and you figure out, all right, this is how much we need to save, set up an automatic savings amount every single month that goes into your joint account. So you guys know that all the important goals that you need to accomplish, it's being saved, right? Then have a little bit of money for person A and person B for their own spending. So if you want to go to McDonald's and buy a Happy Meal, that shouldn't be scrutinized. Or if you want to go out and you know, go yeah. to the golfing range, that, will, I think, that shouldn't I think be it's scrutinized. Like, as long as it's not a... Kimberly and I don't scrutinize. We, it, the only way I'd get scrutinized is if it's some big purchase and I didn't tell her about it. If you're arguing over $40 purchases here and there, like you're doomed anyways. I, I mean, think what you're talking about is like big purchases need to be Big purchases definitely need to be, I think big purchases definitely need to be communicated, right? You should go out and buy a car and not tell your significant other, right? That's, yeah, I will agree with that. I'm just saying from what I've seen, a lot of the financial counseling I end up doing is between couples over little stuff constantly. It's no one ever comes to me and like, well, this person went out and bought a car without me knowing. It's more like, this person's like buying meals Monday through Friday at the 7-Eleven and not telling me about it, and I'm mad about it. Yeah, they have bigger issues. Yeah. If you're all combined, total transparency, and there's no issues, keep doing what you're doing. But if you're like a lot of couples where that transparency, scrutinizing everything you're spending is causing fights, I would say a better solution would probably be you have your account, they have their account, and then there's a combined account where all the important goals in life, that's being funded every single month. And if that's being funded every single month and you guys know you're working towards that goal, who cares what's going on in that account for you 
little account for me. Who cares what's going on in there? And they can kind of take a lot of the arguments off the table. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah I, I, agree. I can get behind that. I can get behind and, that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it just kind of, it's what works for whoever, right? It's, yeah. It's and I think of, it's like, they both got to be comfortable with it. So and the thing is like, you shouldn't be scrutinizing little transactions like that anyway. I mean, every situation is different, of course, but yeah, there's no way to reason anybody should be fighting over little transactions like meals and whatnot, as long as they're not out of control. Hopefully all that was helpful for you guys. Um, obviously, Sergio and Matt, you got a lot to work on with the spouses, but you know. That, it's the opposite. We're fine. We're perfectly fine. I have no issues. <laughs> I don't need a separate account. <laughs> All right, folks. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org. A separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McGorry do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.